sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, everybody. Wow. We're still uh, facing off on this weather, and I'm so thankful. I mean, everybody knows we've got everybody here in the house today, and it's just so nice, and it's so green. It's very wet. And thankfully, it wasn't. It didn't come down as hard as they initially expected. So that's always nice. And uh, Dr. D in the house here, he only had to not go home, what, one or two days, Steve? I was uh, away from the house overnight one day. Last uh, uh, last a week ago, Monday night, I actually yeah. stayed up on the Riviera. And it was like... Um, it was like being around uh, multiple waterfalls. The water was going down the roadways up on that hillside so fast. That's what it looked like, a whole bunch of waterfalls. Yeah, we got Don Sanders in the house. Hey, Don, how you doing? Very well. There's, yeah, you're, you're in, our, in our, canyon, our canyon up above us, there are a helicopter evacuating people out. The roads just completely, you know, landslide out. Mm. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, it's like, you know, we just we just have to pray. and We want to give thanks and love to all of the first responders out there. I want to give a special um, thanks to Lash Construction, which has been on 24-hour alert, you know, for weeks now. And anybody out there, Dominique and I went to Subway. We, we just we, we handed out sandwiches to the guys that are just, you know, it, they didn't say no. So that was nice. But, yeah, it's it's crazy weather. and um, we're going to get through this uh, and I, and what we don't know what February has to what's in store or March, because I remember five years ago, that's what, those were the two big rainy months, but we're all going to get through this. And I've got a, uh, I'm so happy and so excited at the progress that all of our teen athletes are making on these recaps. They are so, every week, they get better and better and better. I'm so excited. Any one of these kids can definitely make, uh, think about having a career in broadcasting. So let's get to it. Um, let's start off. We got Santa Barbara High School. We got Romy Davies in the house. Romy, what's going on over in Santa Barbara? Thank you, Erica, and hello, everyone. This is Romy Davies, Santa Barbara High School senior, reporting back from Santa Barbara, California, with this week's SB Don Sports Recap. In wrestling news, Nico Proft of Santa Barbara High won the 147-pound weight class, and five other Dons wrestlers earned podium finishes at the Santa Inez Invitational on Friday and Saturday. Proft defeated Samuel Ramos of DP for the title. He didn't allow any points by his opponents and route to the championship, said coach Mark Vidal. Austin Dye, 108 pounds, and Angel Para, 162 pounds, took third place. Jose Ibarra, 154, and Jose Escapar, 184, placed fourth, and Benicio Garcia Holland claimed fifth place at 162 pounds. Santa Inez sophomore Santino Alvaro won the title at 128 pounds, and Angel Gonzalez of the Pirates took sixth at 220 pounds. In basketball news, the Santa Rosa boys tightened up on defense in the second half and rolled past a game Pacifica squad 78-54 in a Channel League game Friday night. The Tritons made eight three-pointers in the first half and took a 34-30 lead with about four minutes remaining until the break. Dons went on an 11-0 run to end the half up 41-34 and carried their, the momentum the rest of the game. Their coach, Corey Adams, said that it was good to see the boys be accountable to themselves and each other on the defensive side for the entirety of the second half. 
With the win, the Dons improved 5-1 in the league play, a game behind Oxnard at 6-0. The boys are 11-9 overall. That's it for this week's SP Dons recap, and see you next time. Thank you, Romy. All right, DP High School, going northbound on the 101. Valeria, what's going on at the Charger House? Thanks, Erica, and hey, everyone. I'm Valeria Tiburcio-Romo, back with this week's Charger recap. Starting off with boys basketball, they played against Pacifica High School with the final score of 47-37, the Chargers taking the win. Then girls wrestling participated in the California Girls Invitational and placed 23 out of 33 teams. The girls captain, Victoria Bernard, placed first in the entire Invitational. Girls water polo played against Oaks Christian in a non-league game. Unfortunately, the girls couldn't win this game with the final score of 11-10. Our boys soccer team played against our crosstown rival, Santa Barbara. Matt Sellers scored a goal in the 17th minute, then a handball by SB caused a penalty kick, which Alvaro Contreras scored, making it tied. The final score was 2-2. Then going back to wrestling, both girls and boys had a match against Pacifica High School. The final score was 55-18, the Chargers taking the win. Girls captain Victoria Bernard won 4-1, and the boys captain Samuel Ramos also won 4-1. Then boys basketball played against Buena High School. Unfortunately, we lost this game with the final score of 77-60, but it was a good game offensively. Four players with double-digit points. Justin Stock with 18, Matthew Zamora with 14, Micah Goss with 11, and Grant Hughes with 10. Girls basketball also played Buena, but unfortunately lost the game with a final score of 54 to 36. And finally, going back to boys basketball, they played against Ventura. It was an intense game, but the DP boys came up on top with a final score of 48 to 47. And that is it for this week's Charger Recap. I'm Valeria Tiburcio Romo, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you, Valeria. We're going to have your uh, uncle here in the house soon, uh, Anthony Rodriguez. You definitely, the apple did not fall far from the tree, as they say. Great job. <laughs> uh, let's go, San Marcos High School, Ambrose and Sammy, San Marcos Royals, the Royal Duet. What's going on? Thanks, Erica. It's Ambrose and Sammy here with your weekly sports update. Last Saturday, the wrestling team went out to El Monte to wrestle in the Royal Classic, where five of our wrestlers placed. We had Angel Estrada taking seventh place, Ambrose Parti, Levi Cooper, and Jake Carroll taking fourth place, and Jacob Dominguez taking first place. It's been a great week for Dominguez as him and basketball player Michelle Ayanis were named the Santa Barbara Athletic Roundtable Athletes of the Week. Congrats, guys! Moving on to soccer, our girls' team beat SB 3-0. Caitlin Sparks scored in the first five minutes of the game to get a 1-0 lead for San Marcos. In the 28th minute, Leilani Venegas scored a penalty kick to make the score 2-0 going into halftime. In the 77th minute, freshman midfielder CC Mock scored a goal for SM to finish off the game. Coach Ziggy said, This was a big win for us. Scoring was something we wanted to improve on during our games, and the girls really captured that moment. Congrats, girls. As for boys basketball, the rivalry game against SB got canceled due to weather, but they played Pacifica on Wednesday. The Royals won 63-48 with Wyatt Miller leading San Marcos with 11 points, while Ben Treadway and Joe Pasternak each scored 10. Coach James Kinsler credited the defense of Jonas Strand, Andre McCullough, and Owen Lauderdale for leading the comeback. Great job, boys. And last Thursday, the boys' soccer team beat Pacifica 2-1 to improve to a 6-0 record in the Channel League. San Marcos responded well after allowing an early goal with Justin Hess scoring an equalizer 20 minutes after Pacifica's opener. S later suffered a facial injury when he was struck in the face from a high boot off a Pacifica player. 
Coach McLean argued that a red card should have been issued on the play. He said the Pacifica player was ejected in the last 10 minutes of the game for a second yellow card. San Marcos came out strong in the second half and played with more composure, connecting passes all over, said Coach McLean. The final goal was scored by Jose Ramirez on a header after left back Leo Vico played Luke Sheffy down the left side and Sheffy beat two defenders before crossing the ball to Ramirez. Coach McLean credits Jose Ramirez for being the man of the match for them. And that's all I have for your sports update this week. Back to you, Erica. Thank you, guys. Every week, you guys, I love your energy. I love your passion. Uh, just keep it up. You're doing a great job. Next, Bishop Diego High School. Sean Walters. Sean, what's going on? Thank you so much, Erica. This is Bishop Diego High School senior Sean Walters signing on once again to give you the Bishop Diego High School sports recap. On Wednesday, the varsity boys basketball team came back from a 14-point deficit to beat St. Bonaventure in overtime, 62-57. to We had some stellar performances as Louis Fernandez had 17 points, Brian Trejo had 16, and Isaac Veal added another 15 points. Great job, guys. Unfortunately, though, the boys lost 48-4. to 42 on Friday to a very talented Santa Clara team. Great try, guys. They will play their next game this Wednesday against San Inez. On Saturday, our varsity girls basketball team clawed back from a 10-point deficit to get a 33-30 win against St. Bonaventure. Great job, girls. They're now looking ahead to Tuesday where they will play league opponent Foothill Tech at home. Good luck, girls. And our soccer news on Thursday, our boys soccer team lost a hard-fought game at Foothill Tech in overtime 3-5. Thiago Valerio scored two goals and Roman Geiler added one. Good effort, guys. Our girls' soccer team, though, got a massive 7-1 win on Thursday over Grace Brethren. Kaya Lily Penn and Sienna Urzua each had three goals, and Lindsay Doyle had one. Amazing job, girls. Sadly, though, the girls lost a tough one yesterday against Foothill Tech 2-3. They were tied 2-2 until the final moments when Foothill Tech scored the winning goal. Nice try, though, girls. Well, everyone, that's all I've got for your Bishop Sports Recap. Please don't forget to tune in once again next week. This is Sean Walters signing off. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, guys. God, I love our kids. Listen, we've got Huga. Keep it here right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi there. This is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center. And this is a Huga moment. Huga is that beautiful new Danish old Norwegian word that means things that are soulful, comforting, things that make us feel good, like being with family and friends and creating great teams for team sports and creating, hey, debate teams and drama teams and all those fun things that make life really enjoyable. So uh, today's 
Huga is a quick little story from Socrates. So I get a kick out of reading people's interpretations of what might have happened during the time of Socrates. He didn't write anything down. We have information about Socrates because of some of his very famous students, for example, Plato. So this is a story that was uh, created out of one of the dialogues that Plato wrote down that he says that Socrates taught. And it has to do with how do you talk to young athletes about um, things that are might possibly be even more important than their body? Because most of the time as teens, especially teen athletes, we're really focused on the care of our body, right? So supposedly Socrates was talking to a young athlete and he said, look at this wall in front of us. Can you see that the wall has a beginning and it has an end? And the student was like, yeah, I can see that. The wall has a beginning and it has an end. So Socrates said, all right, so things that have a beginning will have an end. It's like, all right, that's logical. So that's part of, you know, the importance of caring for the body, especially as an athlete. Our, our body began, right? And it's going to, at some point, we will experience death. And in between, we hope to have the best life experience possible. But then Socrates said, can you remember when you began? And the student thought about it. It's like, no, I don't, I don't have a memory or a sensation of when I began. I, 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 just, I just am. So then Socrates said, well, do you know when time started? And the student thought about it. He's like, no, time, time doesn't have a beginning. So then Socrates said, okay, if the wall has a beginning and an end, and we know that things that have a beginning have an ending, then it makes sense that if something doesn't have a beginning, then it doesn't have an end. And so with this observation of nature, it's not based on religion, it's just an observation of nature, of our natural world. Socrates was teaching this athlete that there is more than just the body. There is part of us that has beginning and an ending. And then there's a part of our human experience that doesn't have a beginning and an ending. So then Socrates said, well, what's more important to care for? The part of you that has a beginning and an ending or the part of you that perhaps never ends because it never had a beginning. And at that point, the student's like, wow. Never thought about that. I mean, I, I eat good food, I get exercise, I work with my teammates, I, I do, you know, great in my schoolwork. But what is it to care for that part of me that may not have a beginning or an ending? And at that point, Socrates started talking about uh, what we now term virtues, in other words, good acts. And that's what Huga is all about. So Huga is about those soulful, authentic moments where we share friendship, where we share love, and we can feel that it nurtures that part of us that doesn't have a beginning or an ending. And it's, it's not based on religion. It's based on our, our human experience. It's based on just an understanding of human culture. And so that is my Google for today. It's a real deep one. Mm. It's a deep one. Because <laughs> it's like your body, it's like your soul. That's what I got out of it. And your body, you know, which has the beginning and the end, but the soul continues to live on. So like I say, it's not really 
you know, you can't attach this to religion. No, anyone can interpret their experience of that part of them that, yeah, that's that part's mortal. And then there's a part of me that's then immortal. I want to bring Sarah Boatwright in the house because what she's doing right now, she needs to be part mortal, part immortal. She's a licensed (laughs) therapist, competitive bodybuilder. And now she's she's transiting into this whole mental performance for athletes, which that's that this kind of wraps around exactly what you were talking about today, Dee. Hey, Sierra, what's going on? Hey, I love it. I just came straight in from the gym. It was shoulder day. Woo! Um, <laughs> that's such a great way to come into the show. Um, welcome, welcome to our teen athletes. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about as we're so in my world, we're at the beginning of um, obviously we're all at the beginning of the new calendar year, but for competitors, we're like kind of at the beginning of our season, right? Like, so all the, all the big competitors finished up last uh, in December. And then from here until whenever their next show is, it's either grow or cut. Right. And those are things that we do in our bodies and they are hard either way you do it. Calorie surplus, calorie deficit, doesn't matter. It's hard. It's all, it's hard in different ways. But the thing that's been occurring to me and working with like first and second year competitors has been how to transcend the behavioral (laughs) things that we have to do that are hard and carry them into, as you're saying, the immortal side, more of like the bigger reason why we're doing this. So when people see us in the gym, sometimes they think, oh, you're very vain, or you're always videotaping yourself. Like, why are you so self-obsessed? But it's really about mastering our bodies and bringing our bodies into alignment with something much bigger than that. It's about self-mastery. It's about finding our edges. How far can we grow in our discipline, in our self um, awareness in our persistence, in our commitment to ourselves and our boundaries with the world around us. And all of that is coming if we, if we really drop into it, it's coming from the being because the being, the immortal part of the self knows the growth trajectory that our soul needs, whether we believe in one lifetime or many lifetimes, right? And so if we listen to our being and our actions, our behaviors are generated from that place, then all of our athletic pursuits become a spiritual practice because we are trying Mm -hmm. to bring all the parts of self into alignment toward a singular goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's really powerful to come into the show today and hear that Huga piece and go Socrates, you know, all the sculptures of him, he looks like he was a Jack dude. So uh, he must've had something, right? (laughs) You know, what's really interesting. Go ahead. Uh, this, this is Christine Marie. What's really interesting is I was listening this morning to a podcast from Michael Mead, who's a mythologist, who talks a lot about the body and the, or actually talks about the wound and the, and the gift. And he was talking a lot about how difficult things in our lives become forward. They actually are there not to to. They're, they're there to actually help us or the, that, that, that ethereal part of ourselves work through things they need to work through. It's the soul challenge. And so it's not there to just to what's that called to, 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 to trash us to, to destroy us. It's really there to help us on another level. And I think that it, 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 it's symbolized by what you were just speaking about, Sierra. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. In permaculture, they say that the, the solution lies in the problem, right? So Mm -hmm. if you have a snail infestation in your orchard, you don't have a snail problem, you have a duck deficit. And that was demonstrated in uh, The Biggest Little Farm, if anybody saw that movie. So it's like, yeah, the the challenges, the grit, the skid, it's there to point us in that direction of personal growth. 
Yeah. Yeah. We have yeah. a couple of minutes left, but Don, I want to get to Don and Emily. So, Don, I know you're an avid uh, guy that works out. I mean, every single day, pretty much, right? Yep. Yeah, I think strength is happiness, you know, and it's like um, that's that's mental, physical, spiritual, mind, body, spirit. And uh, when you and when you don't judge yourself and you you don't attach your efforts to, um, you know, like a short term idea of winning and losing. But I think we talked about this before. If you fall in love with the process of disciplining yourself on a consistent basis, then just waging a struggle is proof of your victory as a human being. And you you must wage a struggle every day. There's no there, you know, you could temporarily pull the covers back over your head, but it's, it's a very short term uh, fix. You know, (laughs) you you gotta, you gotta get up and uh, you know, you gotta get up and do it again every day. Emily, you probably, what do you got to do? You how about play a song, right? To get to push through, move the No, every single, every single morning. I joined the Pilates studio, Core Sport Pilates. And I've been getting up every, every single morning at six o'clock. I'm at the Pilates studio. And actually, you know, oh, it's amazing. And my, and it's exactly everything you're saying is so right on point. And it reminds me of when I was an athlete in high school, I was a track star. And and the reason I say I was a star is because I really knew it was a spiritual experience. And and I didn't identify it at the time, but it was the discipline. It was the showing up, which is what spiritual practice is all about. And I remember when I was running around that track and there was nothing in my mind. This is an interesting thing about winning, losing versus the process. There was nothing in my mind that allowed allowed me to even have the idea that I was going to lose. And I never lost a single race. I always won. But I knew it was because I was so aligned with the spiritual essence. It had nothing to do about proving myself. It had nothing to do about people in the crowd. Everything and everyone disappeared. And every muscle in my body was Mm. so entirely aligned. And that's what I feel now. I'm such a, I am such an emotional, um, empathetic, sensitive. There's a part of me that's so shy and so introverted, although I know some of you will find that hard to believe, but, um, and, and so, but it really, it really, really helps. So for teenagers who are emotional, just because the hormones are surging, all that kind of stuff, if you can just make a practice, even if you're not on a sports team, but you make a practice, you go for a walk in nature, you know, with your friends or whatever, but you do it it is that discipline every single day that transforms your mind and your body but it comes from the spirit and and the other caveat of that is um i was in my teaching i learned about the socratic method and we used it and those questions that socratic used um were really essential in that so i see that (laughs) yeah yeah, well, we've got we've got we've got people who want to take care of in the community because we provide support. So keep it here, everybody. We've got a lot of show today. Right after these. Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Oh, 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 oh. I never see anybody do that thing you do
Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Hi, it's nice to see you all. I've been away for a couple months, and um, it's almost 10 months since my son has uh, died of an overdose. So I. <laughs> Pardon? Stephanie Forrester. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've been away. I, I bought a little house in Hicksville, Hicksville, Ohio, and wow. I did a lot of soul searching on myself. When this first happened, I just dug in so deep with everything that I could find out, you know. But, you know, going back now because I'm part of Project Opiate, but I took out, having gone for two months, um, the good news is we are getting movement. And the good news is I have to realize it's going to take time. And I'm finding more and more uh, people now forming their own um, their own groups um, and getting together with um, our county and our, you know, we have the Project Opiate, um, but we also have, um, we have a fighting back with CADA which is really good. We've got a new director for CADA. We've got John Doyle involved in it. Um, I love their new attitude right now. And what it, the attitude is, is going straight to the problem now. Let's just cut through it. Let's go straight to the problem. And Randy's, Randy actually said, you know, that's what I want to have done. It's going straight to, the pro- uh, straight to the problem, just like we handled the last slide, just like we're handling the slide right now. Everybody you just go straight to the problem. Um, I feel like we've got a little bit tiptoed around the Narcan. And, you know, those are all just steps that we have to take to get to where we are now. So that's the good news that I feel um, I, I'm, I'm devastated at the amount of kids that have died this year versus last year. I just got the stats. And it's, it's really sad. And I feel, I feel really bad for families, people, the community to lose you know lose our children but i i do think that we are moving in the right direction i i don't think it's fast enough but i'll take anything at this point and i guess one of my hardest things is being anywhere and hearing somebody say something like the word mom and i just i I go and i think that word isn't me anymore you know i'm he was my only son so you know, that's that's kind of what I just wanted to say. And about the sports, if I had to add sports growing up and if I hadn't, if I didn't run marathons, if I didn't do that, I don't And I never thought of it. Like, I never thought of it. I mean, I would go in my own It's a little hard to hear we you. We can't hear you. You're gone muffled. There you, okay. There you go. Um, so, so are you running and doing things that are helping you feel better? Uh, yes. Um, not in 10. It's below 10 here. So I got a, um, a, a elliptical and a Peloton, and I've been slowly doing it. But I, I want to, because it's the only time I can really block out things. And that's how I've always done it. I let my mind just let go. And I'm, a, lot I'm of ath- a lot of athletes do that. They're, when mm-hmm. they're participating in their sport, that's the holiday from the yeah. problem that they're facing. Right. Yeah. I look around mm-hmm. and I see the mountains that I'm running down. I just, I just forget about everything. Yeah. And that's what motivated me. Yeah. So. Don Sanders. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I had a question. Um, can you speak a little bit more about um, the progress that you're seeing, uh, especially with the Fighting Back program with CADA? Like what actually is changing that's helping support that progress? I think Randy Rouse, our mayor, I spoke to him today. I think that he, he would like to see an emergency act happen, just like, just like the slides we just had. Or the, he wants, he, he, you know, we want to see an emergency act. Um, we want to see the, we want to see, um, we want to see more people going uh, into education and harm reduction. Um, to me, this is not his quote. I know that Narcon's important, Narcan's important, but I'm, for me personally, I'm past it. I mean, it needs to be in the schools. It needs to be part of, it's got to be part of something now. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you get to, you know, everybody's trying to do the best they can, but, you know, I, I just think if everybody's on the same path, and I think Randy reiterated that, and I know that we've got a new assistant director for um, CADA, and she is really learning towards education and, and, the, and the harm reduction. Yeah, so she's going to be really, really good. Thank and you. And I did talk to the Tried to talk to the coroner's office and staff's just really high. And I, I, I'll be really quick. It just, it just done, it dumbfounds me that we have lost more people this, this last year than we lost in the whole Vietnam War and the Korean War together combined. <coughs> so, yeah. so it's, it's all about connection, huh? That's, that's the direct solution is connecting whether it's a mental health issue or whatever issue it is everything that we can do from one human being to another to connect with our community that's what's saving lives right and, and if we kept randy i'll quote randy again we don't if, he, if we can get politics out of it and if we can get the government out of it we'd come much we'd come a lot closer to help making this work hmm. so at the end of the day half of all kids in high school are going to try a pill okay i mean if i look at when we were in high school but it wasn't or i saw lots of pills and bowls and everything but you didn't have to worry about the next day not waking up <laughs> and then the problem is is that these pills are all being manufactured to look like pharmaceuticals so they, they look like there there's something that your right. parents took or something that you know, someone got prescribed for a sports injury or something. Exactly. And that's the problem. The education. That's how, that's how Justin started by a shattered ankle and was sent home with 180 Vicodin during COVID. Right. So maybe that's what harm reduction and education will be. The, is going to be really helpful. Right. Let's do this. Let's not go away. We, we've got a lot to, we've got more to add to this topic. We'll be right back.
And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Erica, the Queen of Teen. We're back. We're on a touchy subject. We don't want to be the kind of show that just doesn't put out the information that kids and parents and grandparents need to hear because it's something that it's going to affect us on this show We've had two co-hosts that lost a child, and it was it's devastating for the small group that we have for the last 13 years servicing the community. That's just, that's insane. And then when you look at the statistics, if 50% of all kids in high school are going to try something, uh, try a pill, and then you look at those pills, and four out of 10 of those pills can kill them. So look, at, I like numbers. So 50%, think about this, 50%. Of the all the kids are going to try something, and four you gotta. It's it, this is not you know Russian roulette, okay? For forty percent of those pills, for the fifty percent of the kids that are going to try it. So this is why coaches, uh, you you have to empower kids. When we were in Donin, and any athlete here, all, all raised in the 60s, 70s, and eighties, we were given a bag of ice. You know, if we had pain, there was no. They we didn't get pumped pills of any kind. And now it's always been, you go to the doctor, what are they going to do? Is going to give you a pill so that the, our medical, our American Medical Association needs to stand up and they need to be accountable. Okay. That's number one. Number two, you can't not show out these statistics. We should have a, a face, faces to fentanyl wall in every single school so kids can yes. see exactly what's happening and, who, and who's lost. And the kids should be reminded. And if they've ever been given a pill from anybody, that they should report it. Okay. And then, and then if they are given a pill and it's tested and it's laced with fentanyl, then I'm sorry, that child goes to jail or that mm-hmm. dealer or whatever. So we need to start from the top down. And Don, I'm sorry. I mean, you've just been going through something right now. I can't even, I can't even put words to it. And I just like to have, you know, you tell your story. Um, so on Christmas Eve, we got a call. Um, my daughter was, was crying and, uh, I walked into the living room and my wife says, um, is, is on the phone crying. I'm like, what is it? And she's like, you know, Jeremy is dead. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, my, yeah, my 28 year old. And, um, I'm thinking as I've listened to you guys talk, yes, connection is so important. And, uh, I, I fought, I struggled to keep a connection with him when uh, my ex and I went through divorce. And uh, the only real 50-50 divorce you can have is if you're in the same community and I wasn't. And so first I was in LA and then we moved up here to Ojai, which was closer to them. And we, we chose Ojai with them in mind, still wanting to keep in a connection to my son and my daughter. But you know, he was very immersed in um, in both high school basketball and he made varsity as a freshman. And I got to say that got him in an environment where he was partying with older kids and exploring drugs and sex too early and um, to make sense of it. And I it was, you know, that 16 age, all my kids pretty much have thought, what do I need adults for for a little while? I've got stuff. I've got stuff I got to deal with. Then later on, because we kept, you know, trying to involve them, take them on trips, you know, keep a dialogue, everybody, everybody but my older son made it through this because he got into heaps of trouble 
you know, um, between those, uh, the club basketball environment and the, the school basketball environment. And these are, you know, these are reputable clubs. They're good schools. And he still found his way into all sorts of trouble. And it didn't come out till years later uh, when I finally got to the stage with him where they think, okay, I can talk to my parents again, that I heard all these terrible stories, you know? And so um, he, his mother had him in rehabs. You know, he, he seemed to be doing a lot better. He, he was a self-medicator, like, you know, for his most recent birthday, we met at a barbecue place and he was ordering drinks. And I'm like, wait a minute, should a recovering alcoholic be drinking, you know? And, and uh, so, you know, that's, that's part of the issues I had trying to, you know, with, with my ex too. That's, I mean, you know, why that's even happening. So what I'm sitting with a lot right now is that, you know, um, my heart was with him. I, I made a lot of efforts to try and steer him the way I steered the other kids. And I, I couldn't, you know, my younger daughter says, um, we, we lost him at 16 and we didn't get him back. And so, you know, he's been among us ever since he was 16, but he's been remote and hard to reach and, you know, in and out of rehabs and things like that. And then finally, I guess, you know, he went out to self-medicate uh, the eve before the day, night before Christmas Eve. And I don't know if it'll turn out um, the toxicology report won't be available for a few months, whether it's going to be uh, something laced with fentanyl or whether he he went back to meth, maybe at a dose he hadn't been on for a few years and it was just too much for his system. I don't I won't know for a while what was the exact cause. Well, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we shouldn't be having to cremate our babies. You know, exactly. The future, yeah. the, the future depends on the passion and power of youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I think sports well, is when, like when you hear that fentanyl is the number one killer from 18 to 38 that that's all that should be said be, and right. then somebody just says enough is enough mm -hmm. okay right. because 50, 50 to 100 <laughs> times more powerful than morphine and uh, there was an article popped up that last year in in northern cal in northern north america the amount of um, i'm sorry in california only the amount of fentanyl seized was enough to kill everyone in north america two times over yeah, yeah. but yeah. see this is what it, and i you know dr amy's not here today i'm not trying to bag on the whole medical medical community but how could you how could how many how many prescriptions how many meds was he given, Stephanie? Um, oh, 180? 180. With it, with it, if I can't, within a two-week span. And he didn't, he just, he shattered his ankle. He could have taken Tylenol no. because he was over the age of 18. I couldn't, I couldn't monitor it. Um, I was able to get the information from the pharmacist eventually. But he was, he was hooked and he was at home in bed at COVID and, you know, it just spiraled. And I, you know, I, there's so much, I don't want to be negative about it because this is, I want to be positive, but I also, you know, I ponder where are the millions of dollars that we just got in the lawsuit against the pharmaceutical companies here? I mean, everywhere. Like I, you know, I'm mean, that's now I'm going off into another subject, but well, it just, it just has to stop. Just, just to pull this uh, section to a close, if we can all come together in fighting a pandemic, 
we can all come together in fighting this pandemic uh, regarding fentanyl. Right. Sierra, do you have any, does anybody here have any ideas? I don't, I don't want to, we're going to take a little break. Let's, let's take a break and, and come back and then everybody can go around and say, okay, if you can, uh, if you have a clean slate and you can write something down and it must be implemented, what would that be? We'll be back with more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Stephanie Forrester, you wanted to, uh, we'll start off with you to figure out what, what solutions. Best, yeah, we like to have solutions. Um, my solutions are we look at other people and we love them and we care about them and we want to make this place a better world. And right. I think everybody should have a foot in the door. Yeah. Emily. You're dancing. Yes, I, I have a, a very dear friend whose 28-year-old nephew died from fentanyl overdose. So I, I went through that with him. Um, I totally agree with all the things that have been said. But these are really deep, deep-seated issues of not feeling loved, not feeling good enough. And so I think the connection has to start at a really, we talked about earlier, that spiritual level at a really deep soul level. And I just started this um, letter writing project. There is this uh, these letters that you can write and you get names of, of people who are struggling. And so if we can talk and listen at really deep levels and ask those questions, because a lot of times what happens when people are going to go down this route, they don't talk about it, right? So you have to pay attention and ask those questions and be present. And it's usually I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I don't belong. All that kind of stuff. But you got to go deeper because okay. that's we're missing that. So that's my two. Thank, thank you so much, Emily. That's exactly what I was thinking of was we have to start getting comfortable having uncomfortable conversations, being mm -hmm. vulnerable, being transparent and being willing to be authentic with the emotions and difficult feelings that we are having ourselves so that we can open those conversations so that we can clear the pain and the grief and the ugliness that people just want to pretend is not there. We exactly. need to have difficult conversations. John. Well, this is a much bigger can of worms, but I'm going to say back in 1974, when sports generalization went to sports specialty and, and uh, you know, we we couldn't get my son to go on family vacations and things like that anymore. When I was growing up, my sports heroes were guys who played three sports, went on family vacations and had a paper route in the afternoon. They were well-rounded, balanced people. I think we got to look at this obsession with, you know, everything for 
you know, I mean, it's great to want to excel. It's great to want to compete and win. But, you know, um, we we never we ne- through those troubling years, you know, we never even could get him to go with us on a family vacation. Sierra so about right. Uh, I'm going to go really solution focused and harm reduction focused and say it is ridiculous that having a fentanyl test kit is illegal. And if we know that 50% of teens are going to try stuff, then we should be empowering them to test what they're going to try before they take it to see if there's fentanyl in it so they can protect themselves. Here, here. Good. Yeah. And Narcan. Everybody should have Narcan everywhere. It should be everywhere. (laughs) Give me one reason why the test kit, we got a minute. One reason why the test kit was illegal. Why is that? What I was told was that it 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 proves um possession and so if you if you're found with a test kit then that implies that you are in possession and that is an illegal activity that's ridiculous oh my god we've got to change that that's got to get changed okay this is just doesn't even make any sense and if one thing came out of this show today that is absolutely absurd absurd insane i mean i that's what i that's what i heard john doyle would be the best person to ask if that's actually correct but all right so that's our our task for the week is to work on getting these test kits not to be illegal yeah what's that real quick on that um from Project Opiate, we are allowed to now um, pass out the test kits and um Pacific Pride does that too. They they have okay. it. All right. So good. Yay. Let's Yay. get let's get the information out on that. Hope you enjoyed the show. God bless you guys, Santa Barbara. Stay safe, stay dry. See you next week. I'm unstoppable. I'm a pusher with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game.